You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, happy Barbenheimer Day, and how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well, thank you. You've come up with a new term. Yeah, okay, I'm not, honestly, Charlie, I'm not going to take credit for that, okay? I wish I did, but that is totally coming from the internet, but let's pretend I'm the one who made it up here, Charlie. But before we get to the Barbenheimer, we're going to talk about, obviously, I think one of the biggest news stories of the week, especially for residents of Surrey. It seems like, finally, we've decided what direction we're going to go with with the Surrey police saga, and Mike Farnworth has said that they must continue with the Surrey police transition, so therefore, go with the SPS and away with the RCMP. So, what do you make of this situation? Well, I think there's a lot of politics involved here that the media isn't actually uh, covering adequately, in my view. Um, one of the issues here is uh, Farnworth said that under Section 2 of the Police Act, he has to ensure there's adequate and effective law enforcement, and then said the RCMP will not provide that in Surrey and went into some discussion about staffing issues. Um, Whether that's the case or not uh, could be resolved in court if the city of Surrey decides to seek judicial review and gets a judge to look at the decision through the lens of Section 2 and whether their proposals were in fact adequate. But the other issues I find quite fascinating is if you take Surrey out of the RCMP, its largest detachment in Canada, it's going to make it more difficult for the BC RCMP. People don't fully understand the RCMP is also our provincial police force in British Columbia, in addition to all these contracted municipal police forces. So if you don't have the RCMP in Surrey, it raises a question in my mind is, can the RCMP continue to effectively be the provincial police force, given uh, that the, the provincial police on occasion second officers from different detachments for certain jobs? And, and that might be security, it might be uh, dealing with wetsuit and land defenders, it could be the issues in southern Vancouver Island, the logging protests. So... I'm wondering if this is a precursor to uh, the province moving forward to set up a provincial police force, which we had for many years until the early 1950s. So it's not unprecedented. Ontario has a provincial police force. Quebec has a provincial police force. B.C. still gets its provincial police um, from Ottawa, basically, you know, and, and then the question is, well, do the feder- is the federal government still interested in that? Another political side of the story, which I find quite interesting, is uh, my perception is the South Asian community in Surrey, which is now the largest uh, community. I was looking at the census information uh, for 2021. Um, it's actually, for the first time, passed those who self-describe themselves of European ancestry. But the South Asian community in Surrey I think it is uh, more favorably disposed towards a provincial, I mean, a municipal um, police force. Uh, the you know some people may disagree with me on that, but that's my perception. And I think the NDP is uh, and the federal liberals have both done exceptionally well with South Asian voters. 
So I think that was a factor also influencing the decision. But but Mike Farnworth had to cite the law, so he's sticking with Section 2. The problem for Surrey Council is if they challenge it, there's a couple of issues that they will face. One is there's nothing stopping the provincial government from rewriting the Police Act should they succeed. Uh, Secondly, it's going to cost a lot of money. And thirdly, there's a problem on Brenda Locke's team and that one of her her counselors uh, has passed ties to the RCMP and has family ties to the RCMP. And I think that has uh, created a perception problem. And it's certainly something the, the, the Surrey Police Service Union is highlighting. Mm-hmm. That's a long answer, <laughs> Karen. No, but I really appreciate that, Charlie, because this has been going on for years, right, this whole saga. So I appreciate the background there because there were a lot of things that I had questions about, but you answered them. So I, I really appreciate that, Charlie. Now, something else, too, we like to talk about, especially here on The Morning Buzz, and you love it, too, is we love talking about food and the food scene. And specifically Surrey, right, we've noticed, I remember, I think a couple months ago, there's been a lot of recognition for just how much Surrey's food scene has evolved. And what are you noticing, Charlie? Well, I've sure noticed an increase in in more upscale restaurants in Surrey. And one I was in recently, Maharaja Fine Dining, which is in the Pile Business Center. And usually, you think when you think Pile Business Center, you think of banquet halls, uh, chat houses, you know, sweet shops. Mm-hmm. But uh, Maharaja Fine Dining is is quite incredible. It's almost this deli style. It's very white on the inside. Uh, beautiful decor, uh, nice artwork, and I thought the food was. Excellent. And so this reinforces, you know, we're seeing others too in in recent times. Um, Clove is another one in the Fleetwood area, the, the yellow chili uh, by Sanjeev. Sanjeev Kapoor, who's a celebrity chef in India, um, is another one of the more recent entries. I remember when, you know, it used to be Tasty Indian Bistro and maybe Spice 72. Um, my shanty opened you know, in South Surrey with the Convidge and Tendery Flame came. But we're just seeing this steady increase in, um, you know, uh, pretty nice places. And, and they're not cheap either. It used to be uh, the Indian restaurants offered the, the best bargains. But now you can see the prices trending a little more uh, toward what we might be seeing in other forms of fine dining and and. And the qualities there. So I find it really interesting. It's series growing up. It really is. And I'm actually not surprised. Like, I've noticed this observation, too, where, like, a lot of the dining scene has changed. And not even just with, like, Indian food. Like, such a growing diversity. And I'm wondering, Charlie, putting you on the spot here, but do you have, like, a figure on you? Or if you were to guess, like, how many Indian restaurants do you think are in the city of Surrey? Like, if you were to guess. Well, I, I had heard. I don't. I couldn't. I had heard there was something like 1,500 or in the region, but I might be wrong. Oh. <laughs> but there, there are certainly oh, hundreds, I would say, like and, and even others like Boundra, which is kind of showing the, the food from uh, you know one of the popular suburbs of Mumbai. Ashosha is another one that's you know very hip and contemporary, um, and and I eat in a lot of these restaurants, and uh, they're, they're my preferred restaurants in, in many cases. 
Mm-hmm. Now I'm like super hungry, Charlie. So now I definitely have to go and head out to like some of my favorite spots in Surrey. Okay, but now, Charlie, big conversation we've been having here on the Morning Buzz is all about Barbenheimer, right? This is a huge weekend for the movies. People are either going to go and watch the Barbie movie or they're going to go and watch Oppenheimer. Which team are you on, Charlie? I'm actually on the Barbie team. <gasps> we love you, Charlie, <laughs> for that. Not. Although I don't know if I'll go see, see Barbie. <laughs> my, my concern about Oppenheimer is this guy, you know, created the atomic bomb. And obviously it's, he's a major historical figure. But we also have issues like that atomic bomb being tested in, in New Mexico. Um, a lot of uh, people um, have suffered as a result of of this, you know, I, I can see the the flip side, the argument, well, the, the Germans were working on it, and it was the Second World War, and it was ultimate weapon of mass destruction, but it, it also troubles me that it was also dropped on Nagasaki in addition to Hiroshima, which seemed totally unnecessary, and, and the horrors of what happened in Hiroshima. It just bothers me on a on a deeper level. Whereas Barbie, I don't find offensive in any way. I think also with like Barbie, I think what it is, it brings back like a lot of memories and nostalgia for people. And I don't know, Charlie, if you've been noticing, even just the marketing for Barbie, we've been talking a lot about it. It is in your face, right? You got food places serving like pink milkshakes, pink ice cream, making pink drinks. Like, what are you? Why are people so excited about this? I think it goes back to their childhood and their their memories and nostalgia, and I think they're playing that really well. And then they've also this color scheme that they've done, but the marketing, you know, everything from automobiles to drinks, <laughs> you can't you can't escape it. There's one controversy with Barbie, though. It's not unlike a, it's not totally different from Oppenheimer. Barbie's been banned in Vietnam, and part of the reason is uh, they show a map of China that includes uh, a section that Vietnam claims as its territory. And so the the government of Vietnam has banned Barbie, and, and that's not totally insignificant because Vietnam has a population of about 100 million people. But at the same time, uh, I think Barbie's going to be a, a global hit, and it's going to make a lot of money. Oh, it's going to make a ton. So I'm looking forward to see how it does in the box office. Charlie, as always, appreciate talking to you. Have a wonderful day and have a great weekend. You too, Mother Karen. Thank you. Thanks.